welcome to Health Chat, a podcast, a very incredible podcast for and about your health. My name is Andy Friedman. I'm your co-host, and I'm also a licensed independent clinical social worker and a certified cognitive behavioral therapist. And with me, as always, the amazing... Dr. Alyssa Handler, board certified in internal medicine. And today, special guest. We have a very special so guest exciting. and a very special show for you. We have Dr. Stacy Bean, who is an optometrist. Ooh. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you Dr. for Bean. having me. You are Thank so you for having me. We are so excited to have you today. Well, so, I'm happy. fun fact fun yes. fact the reason why I invited Dr. Bean is because not only is she such a great person, but she's also <laughs> my eye specialist. And one of the questions we get asked is, well, what is the difference between an optometrist and an ophthalmologist? And maybe you can start off by speaking to that? Absolutely. So I'm an optometrist. I'm basically a primary care of the eye. So I'm looking at everything about your eye from the outside to the inside, the muscles, the pupils. I can prescribe glasses and contacts. I can treat conjunctivitis. I can remove foreign bodies. But if I see something that's out of the ordinary or of major concern, I'm going to send you to an ophthalmologist who can do further testing or treatments or surgery whatever is needed for that right. particular problem. So I think the takeaway point is that you can do everything but surgery on the eye. And, Basically. And of course that qualifies for um, getting glaucoma screening, which is Absolutely. really what I usually am asking my patients to do. And we're going to get into some questions specifically about who should be getting eye exams. How know, often? What, yeah, how often. Those were, I have a few questions I was going to ask you today. Oh, right. Um, Happy so, to answer them for so you. So I'm glad we clarified first what it is we're actually talking about, which is sure. how I always start the show, is saying what is it we're actually talking about when we talk about eye health. Um, there are different types of people that provide um, services for that, and most of it can be done by your local optometrist. Um, and so who is it that should get an eye exam? Like, how old should one be? When should we say it's a good time to start getting eye exams? So we generally recommend um, before kindergarten for children. Um, they do do screenings in the schools, um, but it's literally just a screening. I do see a lot of kids that failed or should have passed or passed that should have failed. And we do, again, a full comprehensive exam, including not only how well they see, but how they use their eyes, their focusing, um, how the muscles are working. Um, sometimes the kids will do well in a screening because one eye is better than the other, or parents don't notice that. So, of course, if your child is young, a baby, an infant, and you suspect something is wrong, their eyes are crossing, or they're not responding, or they're delayed, um, you do want to see a pediatric ophthalmologist. Um, the most important thing with babies and young children is if you take a photo of them, and the red reflex of the eyes are different colors, you know, when you get a red eye, they should look both the same. So if there is one that's different from the other, you can pick something up just with a photo. So if you oh. notice your baby's eyes photos, the hmm. two eyes look oh, different. That is really, that's really, really good super that is, important. Yeah. And then I see anybody of all ages. So I just saw somebody who is 92. Um, so all ages in between 
any concerns. And again, if there's something cataracts or anything out of the ordinary, I have lots of older patients who do see an ophthalmologist, but come to me for their annual and our glasses and our contacts. So, okay. So you so you said annual. Is there a certain age, or do you wait till you kind of feel like? Because I know now that I'm a woman of a certain age, my eyes are starting <laughs> to go a little bit. We get and it. do you do you, do people need to wait and they know till they notice like they can't see the way they used to, or should you kind of prophylactically just regularly go see sh- the eye doctor? You should regularly be seen. Mm-hmm. I would say like every two years, assuming at your visit everything looks great, healthy, normal. Two years is fine unless you notice there's a problem, then come in sooner. Okay. Um, because we can detect things that you won't be aware of, such as glaucoma, anything else that might be, I've seen bleeding in the back of the eye. They're 20 20, but I say, you know what? There's something going on here. Oh. Let's have you go to your specialist, check your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your heart, mm-hmm. your carotid, you know, depending on what their medications or concerns you know they have already medical things going on I can pick up something before anyone else sees it Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting you say that because as the wind the eyes are the window to the body right (laughs) Um, we can learn a lot about uh, bodies through our eyeballs so it's more than just vision so exactly um, routinely these are the things people say to me in my office is well my I see just fine Mm -hmm. and and I will say well you can't see the pressure in your eyeball so one of the things that as uh, internal medicine doctors were concerned about is we're told everybody 40 and up should have a good glaucoma screening. And, Absolutely. And that's something called the puff of air test. So and can you speak to that a yeah, little bit? So we do it in a couple of different ways and depending on what offices is different ways to measure the pressure. And glaucoma isn't just about pressure. Glaucoma affects the optic nerve. So we're not just checking your pressure and saying, okay, the pressure is fine. We're also looking at your optic nerve and your peripheral vision. So we can check the pressure with the puff of air, which everybody just loves. Um, we also <laughs> not. have... Not. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm being very sarcastic. I know, I know. Everyone says, are you going to puff I, me? I happen to be uh, extremely eye-shy <laughs> person, and so you would not be happy if I came to see you. But anyways, continue. Yeah, so we also have, we can put drops in the eyes that numb them with a little yellow and do what we call a non-contact, I mean... Yeah, a contact Goldman tonometer that is actually a little better and easier for most patients, even though it requires eye drops. Some places you go will have what they call a tono pen, which looks like a little pen, and they go do 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 right up to your eye, like, and it does actually kind of touch. Um, I don't have that in my office, but no, there are other thank ways. You. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually. Um, so there's other way. De- definitely a lot of alternatives to the air puff but not every office will offer that so um, and again the optic nerve is huge just today um, I saw a patient pressures on the high side of normal in the 20s low 20s but when I looked at those nerves I'm like you have got to see a specialist as soon as possible because one eye they could barely see out of it had advanced so far the other one was about 2040 and we want to save the remaining eye so can you explain i I don't mean to go off track a little bit because i do want to continue talking about glaucoma and the oh there's so many topics of that yeah but (laughs) you said 2040 and we always hear yes hear this 2020 2040 whatever and just real quickly can you explain that so when we continue talking the best way to describe it is an object at 20 feet should look like it's at 20 feet and 
person that has 20-40 vision, that object at 20 feet looks like it's 40 feet away. Oh, okay. So it's not as clear. And right. It looks, it looks you know, okay. looking at 2020 and 2040, it looks twice as far away. Okay. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. So, You're welcome. So continuing to talk about glaucoma. Now, glaucoma is what I'm hearing is this is this is nothing to mess around about. You can't wait. And this is why you need to have your pressure. Even if you don't suspect anything is wrong, you right. need to have your pressure checked. It's very important. We screen everybody, even the kids. I know they hate it, but you want to yeah. catch it as soon as possible. And it's rare right. that someone younger would get it. But I've caught a few in my years. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you actually brought up uh, as a side question that I have people um, have said to me is, what you know, a lot of people like ourselves are a little bit eye phobic, and there's certain things that really <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I see a lot of those every day. Yes. I'm like, you know, unnerved, right, about <laughs> eyeballs or things touching our eyes. Oh, and, but it's so fun. I love I it. Yes. <laughs> So um, I'm wondering, do you have strategies to counsel people who are iPhobic in terms of what what advice would you give someone who would avoid seeing an eye doctor? You know, what kind of strategies would you might recommend for someone to either relax themselves? Like, what would you uh, suggest? That's what I'm getting at. A lot of patients say to me, I love coming to the eye doctor because it's so easy. I mean, it's non-invasive. We're not poking you. We're not giving you shots. We're not banging your knee. We're not, <laughs> you know, um, it's really pretty simple. A lot of it, you're just reading from the chart. I'm having you look at a light, mm-hmm. um, looking at your eyes with a light, which, you know, some people feel uncomfortable with, but it's not, it's not that bad Mm -hmm. you know I know that people feel uncomfortable about their eyes you know again the worst probably is that little air puff which doesn't even touch you um, and maybe some drops which you're not used to but it's not it's not that uncomfortable and again most people prefer me than the dentist yes (laughs) absolutely absolutely but I have a few that say I'd rather go to the dentist right people I like to Right. So make fun of a little bit. So it should be a pretty comfortable exam. It's really it's nothing relaxing. That's too painful. It's not. It takes all of You're what 20, 30 minutes. You are. I actually had <laughs> yeah. to wake somebody the other day. Yeah. Um, so they so people fall asleep. I'm like, are you asleep? <laughs> I said you can rest a little bit while your eyes are dilating. And he's like, I really, I'm really tired. Can I close Aww. my eyes? And so I came back in and said, Are you awake? <laughs> so great. So we get an opportunity to take a nap at your eye doctor. So that's. <laughs> I was quiet. So I wanted to reassure people listening who might have concerns about their eyes and things touching their eyes that it's Mm -hmm. really a benign um, and safe thing to do and not not painful at all. So great. So thank you very much. Um, I had a few other questions that came up when I was thinking about our topics, like what would be an emergency kind of symptom? We talked about people that have no symptoms. What about people who have a symptom? What kind of symptom would you say should be seen immediately? You know, obviously loss of vision suddenly in one eye, but right. what other kinds of things would you talk, you know, so maybe to discuss that? Absolutely. Like you said, any loss of vision, you know, some people, especially with contact lens wearers think, oh, it's my contact. They wait. Don't wait. If there's a, any sudden change of vision, you want to report that to any eye care provider. Um Red eyes. So everyone thinks it's a conjunctivitis. They go to the emergency room. You wait three hours. You pay your copay, and they say if it doesn't get better, 
tomorrow, see your eye care provider, and they always give a little erythromycin ointment, especially contact lens wears. There are so many different bacteria and different things that can cause red eyes, and there's inflammatory diseases that cause red eyes. Um, so red eyes are more important, especially if you're sensitive to lights, if there's mucus coming out of your eyes, if all your friends are saying, oh my God, what happened to your eye? I mean, there's a few red <laughs> eyes that are innocuous, but yeah. most... Um, should be treated. Um, another major thing is new floaters. So if you get, yeah, we have people, I've had this floater, it's been here a long time, but when you get a sudden new floater, a lot of patients, it's a type of floater we get when we're older, called a PVD, but in enough patients, it's really important that you come in and make sure it's not a hole or tear in the retina or a retinal detachment. And what would that look like when you say floater? Do you mm -hmm. mean something that looks like it's floating it's across your vision? It's a floating in your vision. Usually it's dark or gray. Some people have said there are worms in my eyes. Someone told me they had a Rice Krispie in their eye. Literally, <laughs> when I looked inside, it really did look like a Rice Krispie. Sometimes they look like a ring, but most people describe it as I feel like I see a bug, but it's not there. So it does move around oh. in your vision. Okay. Um, and it can be a couple of different shapes and sizes. So new floaters, if there's a whole bunch of new ones, um, again, that is, might be a sign of a whole or terror retinal, more of a terror retinal so detachment because yeah. it could be a bunch of cells now floating in the vitreous of the eye oh, okay. that you are seeing. Good to know. Okay. Um, I also wanted to, so this dry eye syndrome comes oh, up all Lord. the time. <laughs> yeah. I know you're, it's an extensive topic. Right. Maybe we could just say a couple words or a couple things about uh, dry eyes, what to use, what not to use. Mm -hmm. We talked about this a bit in my last visit about the dangers of using things that say get the red out. Yes. Um, things like that. So maybe speak to that a oh, little that bit. That absolutely drives me crazy. So everybody's heard of clear eyes, Visine, right. because they highly, highly advertise. They're not that good for you. First of all, all they do is it's a decongestion, so it just shrinks the blood vessels, so they look better. And yeah, it's wet, so it feels a little better. But if you ask patients, well, does it work for you? Does it last longer than five minutes? And usually they'll say no. After like five minutes, I feel like they're dry or irritated again. So what you want to do, first of all, there's a bunch of different types of dry eyes and causes. So when I see somebody with a dry eye and I evaluate them, I recommend a certain eye drop, even if it's over the counter, because they have different levels. They have the more watery ones, they have ones that have more oils in it, hmm. they have gel drops, and there's also, also ointments. So depending on what the problem is with the tear layer, so tears, just go back a little bit, a little more about mm -hmm. dry eyes. Yes. Tears are have are produced by there's a little mucousy layer that comes directly from the cells of the eyes and then we have a watery layer and then there's an oily layer on top so it doesn't evaporate so depending on what the problem is i'm going to lean you towards or recommend something uh -huh. over the counter so if that doesn't work and once a day does not work folks twice a day if you're symptomatic i usually recommend over the counter four times a day, morning, lunch, dinner, bedtime, for a period of time. 
And then if you're still having problems or it's not going away, then we step further into prescriptions. Sometimes I'll use an anti-inflammatory um, steroid drop um, from the pharmacy. If other things don't work, um, then we'll go to Restasis or Zidra. But um, sometimes a lot of your medications can cause dry eye. Allergy season, your eyes are irritated. And you're say, taking yeah. Claritin or Allegra Zyrtec. Those dry out your dry, system yeah. and make your eyes more drier. So even though they were irritated from allergies, now they're dry. Ah, so I see. There's a whole bunch of different layers to the dry. So eye. it's almost like a like a, a side effect of the allergy medicine. Yep. Too. But a lot of auto a lot of autoimmune disorders can cause dry eye too. So again, huge topic. So you need to if you huge. have dry topic, eyes yes, to see, see your, your doctor. See your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what the problem yeah. is, right. get a good eye exam right. and, and, we and can, a good recommendation. And I mean, yes. you mentioned that we just, you know, mentioned that, that medication, you know, allergy medication can have this effect. Mm-hmm. What other like kind of common medications tend to cause eye irritation <sighs> or eye issues? Um, that's another topic. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Anything it is that really so stands wide. out to yeah. you? Yeah. And a lot of patients do, um, oh, I'm sorry, a lot, a lot of patients do take medications. And I have to look up the side effects, to be honest with you. There's a lot of them that have different, it says, you know, can, can be a problem with the eyes. But it could be at so many different levels in the dry eye issue. I would have to right. check individually. Oh, okay. Right. All right. But nothing sort of like over the counter that you can think of, like, I don't know, ibuprofen or anything like no. that? No, not okay. those. So that's a good point is the antihistamines. And we have to those keep that huge. in mind. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It could be causing or a, a problem yeah. by treating something else. So, again, it's important right. to check with your healthcare provider exactly. when you're using anything, including all over-the-counter products. That's, a very, that's important. a very important that's point. Thank you for for any for any uh, yes. topic, so this this one I'm really this question uh, is really <laughs> next. Yes, yeah. number well, number five. Right? <laughs> we want to get to number five. Oh my god, this yes. is number the most five. important one for me. Okay, um, because not only because you know of my own aging eyes, but my children's eyes mm-hmm. as well. And we're staring at screens all the time, and this blue light is what they say is being emitted from mm-hmm. the screens and she's she's yes, shaking her head and all like it is. so yeah and and how does that affect our vision so and our eyes health blue light definitely um, affects the photoreceptors of the eyes um it has been proven to affect our circadian rhythms and our sleep. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so that definitely, if you're on your phone in your bed, like I am sometimes, yeah. so quickly looking at Facebook before I fall asleep, yeah. it can affect your ability to fall asleep. So the best thing with any kind of devices is turn them off a few hours before you go to sleep. I know it's hard, yeah. but give it a try. Okay. As far as permanent damage, now a lot of the companies are saying it can cause macular degeneration. I looked into this a little bit. I don't think it's particularly proven that there's enough blue light coming from devices that can cause it, but the increase of the amount of time we're spending on it right now over the past five years, I would say, is even worse than even before that. We don't know until we get older. I don't think um, we really know the answer to that wow. question yet. Mm. Wow, it's I'm kind sure of there's scary. studies being done, yeah. and I yes, try to I'm keep sure. up a little bit, but the studies I looked at um, prior to coming in, because I knew that this was going to come up, yeah. um, <laughs> They aren't definitive on that fact, but a lot of the advertising says that it does. 
So I can't say for a hundred percent that that's going to so, be but an you issue. Don't, we don't know if it affects like your your vision, like your the the. The rapidity of you losing your, or not losing your vision, but you're needing stronger lenses or. No, that, no. that blue light um, yeah. doesn't cause the screen, that. Yeah. The, I'm talking about damage to the back of the right, eye. I'm talking about permanent physiological right. damage. Right. So we are in our office recommending it for young kids because we do feel, you know, especially. You know, a lot of kids have anxieties and other things going on. It does help if they're on a device for a lot of times. It'll help their sleep. If you um, turn it off. People also who are on computers, I'll ask patients, yeah. every patient, how many hours a day are you on a computer? There are people who are on it all, all day. day long. Yeah. So it will help not only their sleep, but they do say once they have the blue light tech um, lenses in there, they don't feel as tired um, or as fatigued. Mm-hmm. So I have heard directly from patients that that does help that aspect of okay. their work. Okay. So that's great advice. All right, so that's very interesting. So um, another reason why parents should maybe limit their child's Absolutely. use of devices. There's many reasons. But yeah, but it's not... One. As easy as a parent, being no, one myself, it's not. and it's with yeah. kids who love their devices, right. it is it's very, very, very tricky. Yeah. It's a big challenge. But it's an excellent point to bring up about why we need to be careful with some of these devices and how we're treating our eyeballs. And so, another question I had is about wearing sunglasses. Okay. And is it important to wear sunglasses? Why is that important? Is that real? Is that a marketing strategy? What's What's your take that on that? That is real. So wow. UV protection is really important. Actually, is more real like 20 years ago than now because most lenses in any pair of glasses has UV protection in it. Oh, okay. So, but say you don't wear glasses or you wear contacts most of the time, wearing sunglasses is important because the UV from the sun and the outdoors um, reflections, especially on the water, definitely can cause damage okay to good to your know. retina so absolutely true, true. So wearing we, sunglasses is a good thing I mean, absolutely. when we when i was a kid you you know you didn't go skiing unless you had glasses on right, right. sunglasses on but that didn't necessarily apply of course i wear sunglasses all the time because they're cute no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> well the cuter the better, the cuter the better. <laughs> all right and i'm sure you can get you can get your prescription Incorporated in your, into, into your sunglasses, and, there's also and the, those are the best. The first time I got prescription sunglasses, I don't. I have the like the mildest prescription. I hardly wear it. Yeah. But in my sunglasses, when I first got it, so amazing. Okay. Like it's unbelievable. That's good to know. That's good to know. So that good. Is my, that I'll need to keep in mind because when I wear my sunglasses, I can't see as well because they're not prescription sunglasses. So you will good notice to know. it's like an HD and everything's just so sharp and clear. It's okay. fantastic. I will keep that in mind. Highly oh recommend it. But from experience, yeah, yes, absolutely. Not, not that only, I need a little. Not only your medical training, but it's for personal experience. <laughs> yes. so that's better. That's even absolutely. better. Right. Right. So, wanna, do we want to move to the next question? Yeah. Let's. Let's I actually this this is one kind of near and dear to my heart because I 
uh, I'm a health coach and I help people make healthy food choices. Right. And we don't think of our eyes so much, except for the the whole eat your carrots thing, which is the, the I don't know, a myth. Yeah, or, so is that real? So that this, was the question. Our carrots could be your eyes. Yeah, but not in excess. And it's just like any other vegetable. It's not. But is it the vitamin A? That, yeah. Oh yeah, it's the vitamin A. So okay. is there any particular food you would recommend to people that they should be eating? Absolutely. Absolutely. So green leafy vegetables, kale, spinach, um, those sort of broccoli have antioxidants. So people with macular degeneration, we have them on vitamins. And what they have is lutein and zeaxanthin and some other um, other vitamins in there. But these do show to help slow the process of macular degeneration and keep the cells um, the rods and cones and all the cells in the retina healthy and normal. Good. So eat your green veggies and for many, many reasons. And, and, yeah. and, and, your, yes. and your orange veggies too because of the vitamin A? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's Green too, leafy green vegetables leafy. Okay. are even we better. are getting great. that. Yeah, that's great, and I recommend those routinely for many other reasons: for cardiovascular health, for bone health, because they also contain calcium and folic acid. So, so that's I love fantastic. That, that I that's gotta eat more green leafy, yes, vegetables. green leafy veggies. Like, yeah, this is the best medicine, one. right? Yeah. So Help, eat, eat your vitamins, veggies, yes. fruits, veggies, um, very good whole for foods, you. Uh, the best medicine and the best preventative. Perfect. You did, t- I this is a little bit of a, a shift, but you've been talking about macular de- degeneration. Macular. It happens so to come up with all your questions. Right. Well, but let, let's, because <laughs> I, it does. So let's just, if you, if you can describe what that is, because we've talked about it. Right. So that occurs mostly in older generation. Um, there is a hereditary factor, usually fair-skinned, light-eyed people. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it happens, it's damage at the macula, which is has to do with our central area of our vision, and the cells don't well, let me back up a little bit again. Um, so cells, just like our bodies, take in nutrients and then expose them. So basically, there's a buildup of product. So when I look inside the eye, I see something which we call drusen. There's little white dots of buildup of product in that area. So when it's starting, you know, patients don't notice there's a problem until it becomes more and more. There's two different types of macular degeneration. Again, we can do real quick on this one. There's dry and wet. So dry is when there's a bit of drusen, they might coalesce and become bigger, might affect a patient's vision depending on where it is in their central area of vision. Um, Wet is when bleeding occurs and fluid gets in there. And it is drastic, it is sudden vision loss. Um, Luckily, ophthalmologists have come up with a anti-VEGF, um, injection that they put into the eye. So if you know any family members um, or other older relatives or friends or family that are getting injections into the eye, that is what they're doing. I either see. to prevent further damage and to help um, what damage has occurred. Oh, so okay, another so important to have your eyes examined regularly as you get another older. Reason, if there's any yeah. changes starting, we can at least say, okay, this is starting. Let's either get on the vitamins that have the lutein and zeaxanthin. Um, it's called Arid's Formula. There's a bunch of different products. Um, 
Like Occuvite, Occuvite, Accutrition, yes. Preservation. Yeah. Yes. So their marketing is smart. They come <laughs> up with a lot of these vitamins yeah. that contain the lutein. Right. But so the best. Good to know. Preventative is eat your eat veggies, your veggies. <laughs> and go to your eye doctor regularly. And go yes, to your eye doctor. Absolutely, that's definitely it's our so message important. today. That is our, our message I today. Have one last question. Let's get oh, to one no, last question. One more. So two, two last questions. One right. is, how what? often should you be changing your eye contacts? Okay, um, every day. Daily. Okay, that was Daily my husband's contact question. Daily is the best, healthiest way to go. You have a fresh, sterile lens. There's very little room for human error. Solutions. Um, a lot of people use, you know, the cheapest, which aren't bad. Again, another long topic. So um, contact lens solutions are different. They're all different. They have different preservatives, different chemicals. And if you find one that's good for you, great. Um, people tend to get off the shelves. If you mix them, not great. You want to take the contacts out of your eyes every night, replace them regularly. But the longer you have them, um, again, germs and bacteria can be introduced. All the, the solutions don't kill everything. They don't. So we've gone to a healthier better lens, which is a daily disposable lens. It's more convenient, it's easy, they feel so good putting a fresh new lens in every day, and that's what we generally recommend. Good to know. And how about, how does pregnancy affect your eyes? Well, that was a 180. <laughs> I know. We're trying to random questions. They are kind of random. Pregnancy. Yeah. Um, you know, pregnancy, they say, we say, you know, don't come in for an eye exam until three months after the baby is born. But of course, everyone needs their glasses and contacts when they're pregnant so they can be prepared when the baby's born. So I do see people while they're pregnant. Very rarely do I see changes, um, sometimes a little more nearsighted. Mostly what I see is after the baby's born and they're breastfeeding is their eyes are dry. Mm. Huh? Because you're putting all of it yeah. into the yeah. breast milk. Yes. So you have to really so that's hydrate, probably the right? biggest change that yeah. I notice. Good to know. Okay, that's good that's to it. know. That was well, close to our Dr. time. Well, Dr. Bean, thank you thank so you much. So much. Very well. Thank you so much. This was so, yes. I hope such a treat. Super informative. Yes. yes. Super informative. Yeah, so, I learned so a lot. Fun. Something and, um, new every day. Yeah, yeah. and so we really did learn so much. So I would like to thank Dr. Uh, Stacy Bean for joining us today and I'd like to thank my beautiful wonderful co-host <laughs> Dr. Alyssa Handler board certified internal medicine and, and I am I am Andy Friedman licensed independent clinical social worker and certified cognitive behavioral therapist I want to thank you all for joining us for health chat today and please join us for our next topic bye <laughs>